0: Man, that was raw. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to just put it out there like that. With the power of the Holy Spirit, I keep it real. And uh, yeah, that's that's super true. When you think about those words, that's a bold statement to sing. We're a church ready for you. Do we understand as the church, the true body of Jesus Christ, He expects us when he returns, whenever that time is, (laughs) that we are supposed to be without spot or wrinkle, without any blemish. That means all the little sins that are in our lives that are nagging at us, that all has got to get cleaned up. The good thing about that is the only way you and I can be spotless and clean without blemish is if we remain in Christ. Amen. He is our righteousness. You and I have no righteousness of our own. I'm um, I'm super pumped up. <laughs> Obviously, it's, you know, with the power of the Holy Spirit, but I'm, 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 I'm so excited. I'm so uh, grateful and blessed that we, you know, the Lord brought us through the book of Acts. I, I never thought that time was going to come. I couldn't see the end of the tunnel of that. It was just like week in. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's cool because I know personally in my own life, it, it, it's grown patience within me patience to take time and 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 to allow the holy spirit to break down the word of god to us verse by verse chapter by chapter we don't need to be in a rush what are we in a rush for there's no prize to say oh i I finished this book first again if there's no real revelation of god within what we study and if there's no application of what we learn it's pointless you might as well go read a, a novel and and enjoy your time that way Right so so uh, Understanding God's word Letting him speak into our lives uh, Him giving us opportunities Through the circumstances of our lives To apply the wisdom of God That we glean from That's a beautiful thing And so um, This morning I prayed this week and I'm like Lord what, what do you What do you want to teach on Or what are we Where are we supposed to go next And the Lord led me to the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter six, uh, a great portion of scripture uh, that, that Paul was used to pen. And it speaks of the whole armor of God. Oh, I'm just going to tell you right now, strap up. It's going to get raw. It's going to get intense. Not that the word of God is never intense, but I know the Lord had spoken to me crystal clear through the pages of scripture. And I have this whole idea that oh yeah we're going to go through uh, you know verses ten through eighteen and that's what's going to be and the Lord's like pump your brakes why are you in a rush we're going to go through a couple verses today and I'm going to expound on them again with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and there's much to be said in just the first couple verses so just to let you know this is kind of what uh, the forecast is looking like. Because again, without vision, do God's people perish? That's what the Bible says. We are going to get into an introduction of the book of Revelation sometime into the near future in the next several weeks. But we're going to take a couple weeks to go over this, the whole armor of God. You know, because it's, it's imperative that we understand that there is a spiritual battle we are in. Unbeknownst to some people, unfortunately, unbeknownst to some Christians, they think that they're not in some kind of battle. They think that, oh, it's it's all good. It is all good in Jesus. But as Michelle pointed out, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's raw and it's real and it's gritty. And your garments get soiled and they get dirty with the circumstances of life. And if you don't understand who to call upon and how to call upon (laughs) the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to have a very difficult time when those fiery arrows of the enemy come. And so we're going to spend a couple weeks in this portion of scripture and if everything works out the way i'm believing it is uh we're gonna have lou Marillo uh when he comes back from vacation share a little bit of wherever the lord leads him uh in a message that's going to gear us up to get ready to begin to get into the book of revelation and uh you know i'm just super excited because i'm just so grateful for uh, just the mercy and the grace of God and the, and the liberty we have in him and the liberty to proclaim him and and, and just the revelation of, of, of who he is. It's just so raw. So with that, uh, if you will, please either find it on your phone, on your tablet, on the screen. Or if, you got old, if you're old school and you have a paperback Bible, crack that, that thing open and let's get into <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read verses 10 through 12, I'll pray, and then we'll get into our message this morning. And please stand once you get there. All right, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, and it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, Lord, we, we look to you. Lord, you're the only one who can reveal truth to us. Lord, you say your word never returns void. So may you speak from the depth of, of your wisdom into our hearts. Help us to understand this portion of Scripture and how it is so pertinent to us as believers in Christ that we understand the high calling upon our lives, that we may not take it lightly the miracle of salvation that has been received by those of us who have accepted Christ as their Savior. May you make real and clear to us the reality of this spiritual battle we are all in and how we can be victorious moment to moment. Father God, we give you all the praise, the honor, the glory, and the love. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. It is in your son, Jesus Christ's precious name that we pray, amen. All right, you may be seated. Like I said, today is a two-part series, and we're going to spend a, a good portion of time just on these first few verses. There's so much meat and so much depth in these verses. You see, we like to use the word victory. Victory is a great word, right? Right? If you're a sports person, you want to be victorious. You don't want to be on the losing end. You want to be with the group of people that are holding up the trophy. How many people are, are, have been watching the Olympics uh, the last couple days? Anybody into the Olympics? Or is everybody like, oh, I'm Straight. <laughs> It's from, it's from all those Romans and the Greeks. And what were they doing? You know, it's crazy because, you know, you start unearthing stuff. It's kind of, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I don't know if that's something we should be glorifying. Well, you know, for whatever reason, I, I've been watching some of the Olympics. And, you know, it's, it's everyone's goal, every athlete's goal to get that gold medal, right? They want to be, uh, you know, standing on that podium in the middle <laughs> for the pride of their country, showing that they're victorious. Well, you know. In any form of victory, in order to claim victory, there must be some sort of battle or struggle that ensues in order for you to be victorious. Is that correct? Right. You trekking with me? Because you're either going to be victorious or you're going to not be victorious. Let's apply this to our lives just as human beings across the board. As humanity, we are all born into a spiritual battle for our souls. And, th- and this concept is very difficult for some people to swallow. They don't want to acknowledge that, unbeknownst to them, they didn't ask for this, but they're put in a circumstance where their soul hangs in the balance. Truth be told. That is the reality every soul that's brought into this world is in. That's the setting. It doesn't matter if you're poor or you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're black or you're white. It doesn't matter if you claim to be non binary or if you're heterosexual by your preference. The reality is, whatever your opinion is about everything, you're born into this world into a spiritual battle. Today, we will take a look at how we can be victorious in this spiritual battle daily through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We will learn uh, where this battle originated from and how we have the free will and the responsibility to choose what side we are going to align our lives with. Are we going to align our sides, our lives with whatever we want? And, 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 and engaging in every sensual desire we want. And I'm not talking about sexual, but I'm talking about physical, earthly, worldly, tangible. And we're sold out for that. However, we can gratify our nature. Or are we going to align ourselves in true victory? The way we were created to live, to honor and glorify God. To, 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 to have the liberty and the freedom to live the correct way and enjoy the benefits of coming under submission to the King of King and Lord of Lords. You see, every person has that decision to make in their lives. Essentially, when you put on the new man who is Jesus Christ... You are putting on the full armor of God. That is when you understand the totality of what Jesus Christ did upon the cross of Calvary. When you put on Christ as your righteousness, you are in him embodying the full armor of God. They're interchangeable, if you will. We will learn what it looks like practically in everyday life, and even how in our darkest moments, how we can remain victorious over the enemy, the enemy of our soul, Satan, when we are channeling our our effort in the strength and the power of Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to learn today. There are several main points this morning, and the first one is this. Victory in Jesus Christ is in his finished work alone and not ours. It's in the finished work of Jesus Christ, what he has done, not what we have done. You see, it always boils down to Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done and what he continues to do. We all know, I'm sure we do, that he's interceding for us right now. This moment, every day, when you go off to work, when you go to school, when you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with, he's interceding for you, praying for you, praying that you would even though your your soul may be sifted like Peter's, you wouldn't end up turning your back on him, but that you would proclaim the righteousness of Christ and not of your own so that you may be in right standing with the Lord. You see, it is by the stripes of Jesus Christ that you and I are healed spiritually spiritually for eternity and how we have victory. That's where the victory comes from. It comes from the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It is because His finished work on the cross that now you and I can live free from the bondage of sin. I mean, this is, I can't, I can't convince you of this. I can't convict you of this. I can't help you to be encouraged by it. But this is something that the Holy Spirit alone does. But this reality needs to be so raw and so real to you that every day you wake up, it should be more real and the impact of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Do you know that it is a miracle that you experienced conviction and that every moment that you experience conviction, it is a miracle by the Lord. Do you understand that A portion of God's wrath, we don't ever want to talk about that, right? We only want to talk about the good stuff. But that is the good stuff. That's the lie that has creeped into the church. That the church no longer wants to talk about sin. That the pastor doesn't want to talk about the wrath of God. But that's an attribute of God that's just as equal as his love. Do we understand that a portion, I say a portion because his full strength wrath, his righteous judgment has not been poured out upon this earth yet. But a portion of the wrath of God has been revealed to mankind when our consciences become seared and we no longer can determine what is right and what is wrong. When we are given over, if you will, to a retrobate mind and all we can think of is gratifying our own desires. And again, I'm not talking merely of sexual desires, but desires to be prosperous and succeed and squash people like cockroaches like Mr. Wonderful. I'm not talking on him, Um, but I'm saying at any, at any opportunity to get ahead by doing whatever we want to do, whatever we feel right in our own eyes, you think of Pharaoh, Pharaoh became like that. He had a reprobate mind. He could no longer sense conviction. And he just chose to do as he would. And the Lord handed him over to that. That's actually the wrath of God being revealed in someone's personal life. You don't ever want to be there. You don't ever want to be at a point where you no longer can determine what's right and wrong. Where you can just do whatever you want and you're not convicted of it. You know, conviction is a beautiful thing. Oh my goodness. You should be praising God whenever you sense that conviction come upon you. Because that means that you're in line. Because he, he will chasten, he will he 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 will correct those he loves, those that are his. If you're his child, he will correct you. It's for your benefit. It's for my benefit. You know, correction is a good thing. I know my son sometimes has a hard time with correction. He's at that point right now, but correction is so good for him. It's so good for him to understand you're being corrected in love. You're being corrected so you can grow up the right way and live the right way and make wise choices and have the wisdom of the Lord. Without correction, you're given over to yourself. And that's still dangerous. That's the way one can lose their soul. You see, victory in Christ means you no longer need to sink into the quicksand of sin, haunted by the regrets of your past. You see, that's how Satan will try to attack you one way. Try to help you to never forget. Always bring up the past. We all have things that we're not proud of. We all have things that we're ashamed of that we would never tell anyone. I'll tell you right now. There's things I'll never tell you that that are so dark, that are so nasty, that are so grimy from how I used to live. I'm so ashamed of, but the Lord knows and I'm liberated from that. So I can stand up here in the strength of the Lord and not be bound by the way I used to live. That's the old man. He's dead. That's the old me. He's dead. It doesn't matter what the tattoos say. That's not me. I'm not bound by this shell. My soul, your soul is infinite. And when you have been given and received the salvation that is through the blood of the lamb, all of that goes away. As the Bible says, from left to right or the east to the west, he he chooses to forget. So you should as well. This is all part of understanding the battle we're in, the warfare we're in. You see, because if you're not aware of what's going on, you're going to fall under that. Oh, you're going to fall under that and you're going to be like, man, I am crummy. No, nah, that's not that's not right. That's not from the Lord. That's from Satan. That's what Satan does. That's not conviction. That's condemnation. We got to know the difference, church. We got to know the clear difference. You got to be able to see the telltale signs of what's going on within your life or else you couldn't be deceived by a satanic spirit that's going to try to take you out unfortunately some christians are not maturing and they're not able to decipher the holy spirit from all kind of other unclean spirits and that's what satan loves to do he mixes in truth a little bit of truth with a whole bunch of lies and if we're not sound on the rock of jesus christ our lives are going to be flipped into a tailspin at the whim like the bible said tossed to and fro by any wind of doctrine. That shouldn't be so of the true Christian, amen? We should be those to determine what is this spirit telling me. When I'm up here speaking, you better be critically hearing what I'm telling you and able to decipher either he's telling me the truth or this is a fool up here, a wolf in sheep's clothing deceiving me. It's real. Don't ever come in here one Sunday and think, oh, I can just sit back and listen to this man speak. It's not right. It's not good for you. (laughs) It's not good for you. It's not good for me. The other part of this is. Our enemy doesn't need to control us because we can walk in the newness of life through the strength of Jesus Christ. And we are also now commanded. It's a command. It's not if you want to. (laughs) we are commanded to tell others of God's mercy and grace and warn them of the wrath to come. You see, it's not about I got my get out of hell pass and then I just kick back and I live a plush life and I'm in air conditioning and the seats are nice and I got a placard where I sit and I, I give to the church and that's all good. It's not about that. You know, the Bible's clear. Some plant, some water, but it's God who gives the increase. When you're at the check, the checkout and you tell the, the cashier, God bless you, you know, that can be considered a form of you, uh, you know, throwing a seed or you watering. It doesn't always have to be a five point sermon being taught for you to be exercising, sharing your witness about who Jesus Christ is. Sometimes it comes in the form of you coming along somebody and giving them a hug. They're having a difficult time or you sharing whatever it is the lord puts on your heart but there should be a reflection of how we live that is in connection with what the bible says and that's the beautiful thing you see because i recently have been like man lord give me a i just sense like lord i need a stronger desire for the for the lost i need a stronger desire to want to see people healed to not just be in my own little bubble and living my own life, but, but does my heart break for these people that I see out there that are homeless or the people that are suited and booted in a Tesla and it looks like they're perfectly fine, but they're on the road to hell. And then the Lord had to remind me, just do your little part every day in my strength. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to see this church packed to, 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 to realize that God is working in my life. But I better do my part in every circumstance he gives me. I I recently went back to work this week, um, you know, physically to the the school site. And for me, it was like a reset. I hadn't been there for almost 15 months. And the Lord was like, you know what? This is a fresh start for you, Keefe, to be able to do your job and do it as you're doing it onto me. As you service these clients Engage with them, love them, give them what they need, for they can't even do it in their own strength because they have a disability where they can't. Some can't even go to the restroom by themselves, some can't wash their hands by themselves. And I found myself putting myself outside of my own comfort and serving them. And it's like I had lost touch with that for quite some time because I hadn't seen them physically, face to face, for a long time, bathrooming somebody. You know, doing these things that, you know, it's a call to service. And it's just, it was freeing. It was liberating. I think this is what people that work in the hospitals all through this COVID-19, putting their lives at risk on a daily basis. This must be what they feel like every day. And Lord knows, I don't know how people who aren't Christians in that field survived. This, I don't know what reservoir of strength they were drawing from unless it's just the grace of God allowing them to do that work. Because it's crazy. But this is where I found myself this week. And and uh, just a reason why I'm just so energized about what's going on in this message. Because, man, we have the keys, if you will, to the city. We have <laughs> we, we have the truth that people are searching for in all kind of other areas, but we know exactly what we need to do and how it can be done and how we can be a vic- victorious. Excuse me. Don't worry. Some kind of humor will pop up somewhere in this message, but it, it is it is deep right now. It is intense. I am I'm not going to lie about that. All right. The second main point is this. Being born into this world, you and I are born into spiritual warfare. Man. I mean, this is something... I pray, I pray that don't, 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 don't let, don't let this be insulting to you. Don't, don't let the word of God insult you. Don't, don't become embittered by the truth. As unfortunately in some of the church, that's what's happening. And the truth is revealed. People are closing their ears, closing their eyes and closing their heart to the truth. Cause they don't want the Revelation. They don't want to deal with the reality of the griminess and how raw it is. Do not let the word of God be offensive. The word says it will be offensive. What I'm saying is you personally don't allow the word of God to be offensive. Because that's revealing something of your heart that needs to get right. That you need to go before the Lord so you can get right. So you're not offended by the truth as it's revealed to you. You see, our our text briefly touches on the fact that we are fighting against spiritual powers that originated in heavenly places. But you see, even before Adam and Eve were created, even before they chose to eat of that fruit, of the forbidden fruit that they were told not to eat, there was a war being waged in heaven. There was already depths of craziness going on. In spiritual places, the Bible's clear. It tells us this. You see, when Lucifer decided within his own heart that he wasn't content to play second fiddle to God Almighty, that's when it popped off. That's when it popped off. That's when it got, that's when it got grimy. When he decided, no, no, I want to esteem myself above you. I want to control what you control. I'm no longer content doing what you created me to do. At that point, in a sense, you could say all hell broke loose. He became discontented with the purpose he was created for, to worship the true and living God. And you look at it today. A lot of people say, it's my body. You look at any television show and I guarantee you there are so many innuendos of do whatever you want with your body. Have premarital sex. It's okay. Gratify your flesh. Is it not? Let's keep it real, folks. Every television show, they slowly, comically suggest these things. That's a desecration to the temple of God. Do not destroy your body. It's one thing, if you're ignorant and you know no better, But it's another thing when you're foolish and you've been revealed the truth of God and you choose to rebel and do what you want with your body. And I can shoot this up and I can drink this and I can lay with this and that person. It's not good. Or I can, maybe it's not that for some of us in here today, but I can eat and I can eat and it doesn't matter. And I don't have to take care of my body. No, that's a desecration of the temple of God. Do not be like that. And I'm not telling you to be all, you know, weight watchers. I got to watch every little cal- cal- calorie I eat. But you know, we are responsible for this body that we're stewarding. We understand that our bodies are not our own, right? <laughs> we didn't, cre- I, I didn't create the shell I'm in. I have an obligation to take care of myself. Not to be infatuated and make an idol out of an image. But you are to take care of the shell that you were made to be living in while you're on this earth. You see, we're going back to Satan, or going back to Lucifer, excuse me, before he fell. He was created as the chief angel. He was the highest of all creation. He was a master musician. It has been said that Lucifer had actually had pipes built into the frame of who. He was physically. You understand what I'm saying? That The way that God had created Lucifer, he was so musically gifted, he was considered a walking orchestra. He could play percussion. He could play strings. He could play flutes. All, he was able to go into the Holy of Holies and play before the Lord. You know, in the book of Revelation, it talks about 24 elders sitting at the throne of the Lord, casting down their crowns. I love how that group came up with that name, casting crowns. Some people think, oh, I'm going to have my crown. isn't, Homie, you're going to lay your crown down because the only one worthy to have a crown in heaven is God. And you're going to be just so grateful that you're in the presence of the Lord, that you don't need anything physical or tangible. It's also interesting, as Satan was created, he had every jewel and every kind of gemstone, something that was beautiful, And if you look at how the new heaven and the new earth is created, a lot, if not all, of those stones he was created out of are going to be the makeup of that city. (laughs) And he wasn't content with that. He was not happy with how the Lord had made him. He became discontent. I need more. I need more. How many of you today feel like you need more? You're not content where you're at. Paul spoke of whether little or great, I learned to be content in the Lord that I may have the joy of Jesus Christ and understand that it is he who allows the circumstances of my life to unfold the way they do. And I've learned to have peace in every circumstance. How liberating is that? I'm not saying things are evil. They're not evil or good. But when we find ourselves discontent, we're starting to be influenced by this satanic spirit. You see, going back to Lucifer and how he's created and all the percussive instruments and the stringed instruments and how in his body were woven organ like uh, features. Have you ever wondered why there is such a demonic influence upon the music industry? All you have to do, I mean, I, you know, I, am I, on my spare time, I produce music, beats, but I sample pastors and snippets of their messages and I put them in there because I was like, I still want to listen to like that bass heavy music, but I, I can't stand the majority of rap music nowadays because it has such a satanic influence that I'm like, if I want to play that kind of music, I'd rather make it and my kids can hear that. I don't want them to hear all the garbage that's out there that's, Diluting and infiltrating their minds. But again, this is why there is such a heavy demonic influence in, in, in not only the music industry but the movie industry because these things have easy access into your bedrooms, into your living rooms, into your homes. Do you know that many parents just turn on the television and that's the babysitter of their young children? They have no idea what their children are watching, they have no concept of uh, the, 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 the blatant demonic influences that are being soaked into the minds of their children and they wonder why their children end up the way they do, growing up the way they do. And they're not doing their part raising their children. Don't put it on the church. It's not my job. It's not any of the elders or the deacons' jobs or the people who serve in children's ministry to raise your children. If it doesn't start in your home, you need to change that because you have the most influence upon your children for the season that will go quickly and then they're off to make their own decisions. But do your part. Even if your children are adults, you still have the opportunity to speak truth into their lives because you're their parents and no one could ever replace your influence and your role in their lives. This whole idea of Satan or Lucifer wanting to be greater than God. This created a war in heaven. A war that he would undoubtedly lose, but a war nonetheless. The the scriptures are clear that he had seduced one third of the angelic hosts to join him. And that's what's known as demons. Demonic, they turned. They use their free will to turn from the true and living God and say, oh, oh I'm going to follow this, this, this angel's agenda. They became demonic beings. And this is what is spoken of when the scripture talks about a battle that's warring in heavenly places, principalities. It's interesting how some will fight even though in their hearts they know it's a losing battle. Maybe you've been that way. I know I've been that way in my past. This is where we get this whole idea of, I'm going down swinging. (laughs) Or, I'm not going out without a fight. The reality of all that is it's rooted in pride. Unwillingness to bow one's knee. To acknowledge that there is a true and living God greater than myself. That I am not my God but that he is my king. That unwillingness is that satanic influence directly from Satan himself. And for us, we need be those people who are not willing to just allow that influence to creep into our lives, amen? But we must call upon the Lord, ask Jesus, place a hedge of protection around me. Help me to guard my mind and my heart in Christ Jesus, that I may not be led astray by these schemes of the enemy. This leads us to our third point this morning, which is this. You must put on the full armor of God if you want lasting victory against the devil. It's all or nothing. One or two pieces, don't cut it. You need the full armor of God or you will not stand a chance against the schemes of the enemy. But the good news about this is by utilizing the full army of God daily, you can be a victorious soldier in the army of God. Again, in all reality, the full armor of God is to put on the second Adam, which is Jesus Christ and keep him on. Don't don't take him off. Once you put on Christ, keep Christ on. You see, this means you, you and I must be intentional about our walk with God. It must be real. It must be more than skin deep. It cannot be religious. It needs to be relational. All this, showing up here Sunday this doesn't count for anything for you and I. <laughs> I'm sorry, it doesn't. Your merit rests in the blood of Jesus Christ. It rests in his righteousness. This is good. We're called not to forsake the meeting of the saints, but this can be outside of this building too. This can be outside of a Sunday service where you're being taught something. But, but again, it, 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 it shows us that works don't, don't justify us. Don't look to these things. Look to Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse uh, 57 tells us, But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you need to know. Your victory rests in Him. Oh man, praise God that you don't have to uh, fight in the sense to try to be victorious, but the victory is in Christ. And so by putting on the new man, Jesus Christ, keeping him on, you are essentially, if I can say this, you are walk to, walking in victory. You can walk in victory step by step. Are you going to get attacked? Sure, you're going to get attacked. Is the spiritual attack going to be heavy at times? It's sure going to be heavy. Will it bring you to your knees? It'll bring you to your knees. Will it stress you out? It will stress you out. <laughs> but by golly, that's fine. Didn't think i ever say, by, what am I, by golly. You're going to walk in victory every day of your life in Jesus Christ. Man, that security, a trillion dollars couldn't pay for. I don't care. The, you, you could get, if, if such a thing, a triple master's at Harvard University or Stanford, whatever that is, you know, uh, what is it? la, whatever they say. Whatever, when you're like valedictorian and all that, you know, that, that stuff is cool. That's good. If that's your, that's a goal, that's a good goal. But that doesn't compare to the security that you and I have in the victory of Jesus Christ. Oh, man. That's just beautiful. All right. Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 6, excuse me, verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Okay, so we're going to start off here with this word, finally. This is a big deal. So if you go back in the chapter, Paul is basically speaking about in light of all the things he previously said. Earlier in the chapter, he taught about children obeying and honoring their parents. He talked about fathers not provoking their children to, to anger. He talked about bond servants being obedient to their masters and for bond servants of Christ, how they should live. So he was saying all that. And then he said, finally. Finally, he was encouraging and challenging these believers and us today to understand despite all God has done for us, that there's still a battle that wages on. You see, today in the light of the glorious standing you have as a child of God, there's still things that are going on. There's a great plan that he's made for you for redemption. And if you've received that salvation, praise the Lord. But in light of that, in light of the freedom you have in Jesus Christ to serve Him, in light of the filling of the Holy Spirit that you receive and the fact that you're walking in the Spirit, there is still an ongoing spiritual battle in your life, in the Christian life. And then he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Literally, Paul wrote, strengthen yourselves in the Lord he probably took this idea from 1st Samuel chapter 30 verse 6 where it is said that David strengthened himself in the Lord oh. oh man I mean that's that's beautiful because I'm going to ask you the question this morning when you need to be strengthened what do you strengthen yourself in yesterday what did you strengthen yourself in did you strengthen yourself in food? Did you strengthen yourself in drink? Did you strengthen yourself in being promiscuous? Did you strengthen yourself in, in, in going on a shopping spree? Oh, I had all kind of new kicks and new dresses and new shirts. Oh, I'm strong now, I feel good. I got all this stuff. Did you strengthen yourself in watching all kind of TV? Oh, I'm strengthened. I binge watched our Netflix. I watched two series. Took me three and a half hours. Or did you strengthen yourself in Jesus Christ? You see, we have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. This is where your strength comes from, this is where you harness the power. It's through Jesus. Asking Him for wisdom, asking Him for direction, asking Him for guidance. And He will provide. He will provide every time. You see, the detailed teaching of spiritual warfare in this passage present two essential things. One, first, you must be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And then two, you must put on the whole armor of God. These two things are essential. Unfortunately, much teaching on Christian combat neglects the first, being strong in Jesus Christ. Think of it this way. Take a weak man or a weak woman who can barely stand and put the best armor on them, and they'll still be an ineffective soldier because they can't even stand in the armor that they've been girded in. He or she will easily be beaten. Take, for example, but on the other hand, David, remember? Before he was going to go and slay Goliath, what did, what did King Saul do? King Saul said, Here, young boy, take, take my armor, take my shield, take my sword. David said, huh, I, I can't wear, I can't wear this. this. This will render me ineffective. This is not going to protect me. Rather, David's protection was in the hand of the Lord that was upon him. You see, so equipping for Christian combat must begin with the principle, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 4 tells us, for the Lord your God is the one who who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you victory. Oh, oh, what? That's so encouraging to know that the Lord is going before you, that the Lord is fighting your battles. When you don't know how this circumstance is gonna change and everything looks like it's falling apart, It's the Lord that can open a door where no other door can be opened. Amen. He can turn a circumstance that looks like it's headed straight for the worst and turn it right side up on its head. That's him. That's him. He goes before you. He goes before me. He fights our battles. For us as children of God we need to learn how to walk in his strength this is why it is so uh, I believe I've been convicted of this personally and I believe this has been revealed to me why it is so important to pray in Jesus Christ's name the reason being by by whose power are and strength are you relying upon surely not your own surely not my own and, and to simply generalize your, your prayers by saying God, or you know some people just say amen, they won't even acknowledge who they're speaking to. That's just laziness. That's just laziness. I'll call it what it is. Some may not want to hear that this morning, but it's laziness. It's not legalism. Hear me, it's not legalism. It has everything to do with identity. It is only by the power of Jesus Christ that a prayer can have any effect. So why not identify who it is who's rendering the power to you in your prayer? In whose authority do you and I come before God the Father with? Since you and I have no righteousness of our own, you must be coming before God the Father in the righteousness and in the strength of His Son, Jesus Christ so stamp your prayers with his seal of approval but even in this we are reminded if you use the name jesus christ in vain it will be of no use to you meaning if you don't have a genuine relationship with him If you are just going through the motions, saying in rote, Jesus Christ's name, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, it's nothing. It sounds foolish. It's, It's just foolishness. Think about it. Remember the men who were beaten, bloodied, and ran naked. Why? Because they try to use the name of Jesus Christ like some kind of incantation and some kind of chant. And the demonic spirits whooped their butts and left them bloody, naked, running, screaming for their lives. It's not a spell. He's not a genie in a lamp. He doesn't grant you wishes. It's a relational thing. And if you have the relationship with Jesus Christ, identify with him. Don't be ashamed. I told myself, if I ever am given, am I, if I'm ever given the the, the 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 authority to speak in any kind of public setting, I pray that I would be bold enough to end my prayer in Jesus Christ's name and not just say in God's name. You know, when they inaugurated Joe Biden. They had some pastor come up and blah, 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 blah. A lifetime friend of Joe Biden and this and that. And they're throwing the Catholic thing around. And I'm not bashing Catholics. I'm not bashing anybody who I don't need to bash. But I will say this. They're talking about inclusiveness and all this and that. And they're not bringing the entirety of the Bible. They're picking and choosing what they want to say in there. And then they just say, amen. What? In whose authority are you speaking on? You could be praying in a demo- to a demonic spirit. We don't know. And you're praying that over our country. You're not saying in Jesus Christ's name, the only name that can cast out any unclean spirit out of any person in any situation. You see, this is why it's important. Maybe that's why sometimes people don't end their prayers in Jesus Christ's name. Because they don't feel like they can come boldly before the throne room of grace, or they don't think it's that important, but it's raw, it's important. I want the Lord to know I'm coming in the authority of Jesus Christ, not in my wretched, nasty, I'll say it menstruated rags of good works. That's what he says your good works are. I'm not coming in the strength of my own good works. I'm coming in the good works of the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm not ashamed to say his name. And that's where my power comes from. That's where your power comes from. You see, we can't just walk around saying be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might over and over again, thinking it'll happen. Might is inherit of power or force. Like someone who's a bodybuilder who has gigantic muscles, right? Even if they don't use them, it's the, resort or the reservoir of strength. Power is rather the exercise of that might. And in the Lord, we have a reservoir of might and strength that can be utilized in the Christian's life. But his might does not work when we are passive. You see, I must rely on his might and then go do the work. It's not... I do everything and God does nothing, or God does everything and I do nothing, we partner up. He works through His creation. Amen? And in faith, the supernatural is anointed and your anointing is blessed and you're able to go forth whatever with whatever work the Lord has for you to do. But that's why, again, we have to be in tune with Him so we can be vessels that are clean to be channeled through from the Holy Spirit, that what is conducted and executed out of you from your fingertips and from your, your mouth are things that are holy and righteous and pure and true. And that's why we give them praise, because we know in and of ourselves it doesn't come out like that. <laughs> it's always some some nasty, messed up motive. Even in our purest of motives, there's no inclination of holiness in that. Because we all do things out of selfish reasons. I don't care who you are, I don't care how much good you do for the homeless. If it's not done through the channel of the Holy Spirit, you're doing it out of an unclean motive because the Bible is clear. Just read Romans 1. It tells you everything in the conduct of men and women born into this world. And it has everything to do with this spiritual battle we're in, excuse me. All right, Ephesians chapter 10, 10, verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Hear me, church, this is... It's so important to know what we're up against and how we can be victorious. Put on the whole armor of God. You see, God gives the believer a full set of equipment and he sends us out into battle with everything we need at our disposal. The ancient word for armor is used only one other place in the New Testament, in Luke chapter 11, verse 21 and 22, it says, Jesus speaks of the strong man who is fully armed, but he is stripped of all his armor when a strange one, when a strange one comes to defeat him. We know that Jesus disarmed the princ- all principalities and powers. You can read about that in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. The armor of God is both the sense of... That it is from God and and the sense that he actually is that armor he himself is that armor that's why I speak of putting on the new man Jesus Christ you were putting on the full armor of God in the Old Testament it is the Lord himself capital O capital O uh, capital O capital R capital T the Lord himself who wears this armor Isaiah chapter 59 verse 17 tells us he put On righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak and now he shares the same armor with you and I you see he equipped with God's armor no wonder why we are more than conquerors man if you're equipped with God's armor you don't have to be shaken. You don't have to be afraid. I was talking to Lou earlier this morning, and he had mentioned that one of his relatives, uh, you know, one of the children's names, was a Shadrach, a Bendigo. Those three men in that furnace. How could they stand in that furnace? Right now, I'm just saying, picture it. You, you got to go in the furnace. <laughs> Whoever. Maybe it's not Biden. Maybe it's the U.N. You're professing Jesus Christ. Go into that furnace. You're going to be burned. I don't, I don't think they were happy about it, but they had so much faith in Jesus. They were willing to go into that furnace. There's been other accounts of people being burned at the stake, proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. How could someone do that? Well, obviously, they have the full armor of God on I'm not saying that they probably didn't feel some kind of melting or heat or whatever. I don't, I've never been burned like that, so I can't tell you what it feels like. But being that they had the full armor of God on, they had on the new man, Jesus Christ, they were vindicated despite the difficulties they faced. It's that armor. Now he shares that armor with us. And then he goes on, Paul goes on to say that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, we express the strength we have in God by standing against the temptations of Satan. Satan's schemes come against us, but they're brought to nothing if we stand against them in the power of God. I can't recall how many times certain situations have come up in my life over the years since I have truly been saved. And Satan has tried to tempt me with this and that. Satan knows my weaknesses. And it's just amazing how it's like, wow, Lord, you kept me clean in that. You kept me clean in that. You kept me clean in that. And then I'm not boasting at all. But as I look back on my life, I'm like, Lord, you have kept me. Because me and my natural self would have fallen into those temptations with ease. I would have been like a dog with my tongue hanging out of my mouth, just walking into it. But because of the armor of God, because of Jesus Christ and his redemptive work, he kept me pure and blameless in a situation where Satan wanted to destroy me and destroy my witness and destroy everything the Lord had worked up in me until that point. And Satan does the same thing against you, trying to see you fall. Wanting to see you fall victim. So he could say, hey, just like he did to Job. See, take your hedge of protection away from him and I guarantee you, he'll curse you to his face. He'll curse you to your face, excuse me. That's what Satan's telling God right now. The Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. Day and night he accuses the church. When you get those accusations in your mind, know that that is a demonic entity trying to pierce you. You understand why it's so important to be girded in the full armor of God. Because those attacks are going to come. And if you're not aware who's talking to you, you're going to start believing those things. I'm not saying it's an unpardonable sin, and I'm not getting into that. But people who commit suicide, why do you think they go that route? There's some demonic force that at that moment is so strong and so heavy upon them. They believe the only way out of their predicament is to take their own life. Unfortunately, in that moment, those people didn't have a true understanding of who Jesus was. All you have to do is look at Judas. Peter, Peter cursed God. Is that an impartable sin? It's not an impartable sin. I'm not saying to curse God. What I'm saying is Peter was forgiven. (laughs) He had a clear understanding. He had a clear conviction and a revelation of who Jesus Christ was. And he came back to God. Judas, on the other hand, he just said, I I shed innocent blood. And because he didn't have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, he felt the only right thing to do was to hang himself and let himself die. I mean, it's raw, people. This is your one life to live. Do not waste your one life on this planet by not knowing who your creator is and what you were created to do. He's given you so many gracious gifts, so many things that everyone in this room is so talented at. There are things that you can do that nobody else can do the way you can do them in the power of Jesus Christ. Find the passion that God has given you and use it and enjoy your life. And warn other people of the judgment to come. Not in some weird standing on a corner, yelling and screaming. But led by the Holy Spirit. You know, just being real. Just saying, God bless you. Just just engaging in them in a manner where you're you're holy. You know, you're not cursing up a storm like the rest of the guys. You're you're not not watching the pornography on the iPhone. You're you're, you're being... (laughs) You're being courteous. You're being a gentleman. You're being a lady. You know, you're, you're living above reproof. All those things are, are things that, that, that plant seeds that add water. And the Lord gives the increase, hopefully, in that person's life at some point. They won't become like Pharaoh and harden their hearts forever. Okay, last verse. Oh, man. It's just, I'm just, dude, I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful for God. It's just, it's just cool. It's just super cool to, to, to just be able to, to be here. And I thank the Lord. And I do love you guys. I hope you know that. I'm not trying to yell at you. I'm not trying to, you know, I just hope you guys know that I love you guys so much. All right. Ephesians chapter 10, verse 12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. All right. We kind of touched on this earlier. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood against, but against principalities, against powers. You see, Paul here did not call believers to enter into spiritual warfare. He didn't say, oh, come join me. This is what we're going to go do. We're going. Come on. <laughs> like, he, didn't, he didn't give an option. He simply announced it as a fact. You see, in our society today, our society has a hard time accepting truth. We want relative truth. What works for me? If it makes me feel good, if it suits my lifestyle. Whenever we have to do something that we have to alter what we do, we bicker, we complain, we backbite, we sneer. Because we don't like it because I have the right. It's all about our, that's what I keep hearing. My right, my right, my right. It's not about your right. These people are caught up in, and the Lord hopefully, you know, just deal with them that they could get out of that rut. But we're not, we're, not, we're not supposed to be steeped in my own pride, my own, what I want, what I deserve. He's showing us today that you, are, you and I are in a spiritual battle, whether we want to or not. You're born into it. You are born into it. That, that is the way it is. You see, if you are ignorant or if you ignore that fact, right now you're probably not winning the battle. You're probably not winning the spiritual battle that is being waged against your soul. The fact that our real battle is not against flesh and blood is forgotten by many Christians. They don't see it like that. They're fighting a spiritual battle physically, with physical things. Paul's idea here uh, is much the same as in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 4. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, meaning in our physical bodies, three dimensions, right? We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Nations constantly do this. We're putting so much money into military and infantry and who can blow up this and who can launch this missile. But that's not the fight. That's just a physical thing. Principalities against power, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We talked about this earlier, the origins of this. When Lucifer became prideful and that battle ensued. And now we've inherited that because of Adam and Eve and how they forsook what God told them not to do. That sinful nature, we're all born into it. You see, Paul uses here a variety of terms to refer to our spiritual enemies. But we should regard them as one and the same. They're on many different levels and many different ranks, excuse me, yanks. But they all have the same goal, to knock the Christian down from their place. You see, Ephesians Chapter 6 verse 11 tells us that all of our warfare is combating the wiles of the devil. At the end of the day, it's completely irrelevant if the opponent we face is a principality or a power or a ruler or the darkness of this age. Collectively, it's all the same. They're all members of the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. When we get into the book of Revelation, the book will talk about how the kings and the rulers of this world—they're going to—they've band together with Satan and that demonic host and that unclean spirit and the influence of that satanic spirit and how it takes over, how it permeates the land. And it, it, all you have to do is look today, and you see it. And this, again, is why it's so important to guard your minds and your hearts in Christ Jesus and have that spiritual armor on. You see, they are all part of a spiritual army that is organized and established into ranks under the headship of Satan who comes against us. The application is this. This is why it's so important to be diligent in what you and I allow into our minds You see, you can't just watch every TV show and every movie like it's just innocent. Satan is subtle. But that's what makes his lies effective against a Christian who is not rooted deeply in Jesus Christ. They think they are strong in Christ, when in reality, they have unknowingly opened themselves up to all kinds of demonic influence. We learn more about these principalities and powers from other passages in the New Testament. And I don't have to have the time to read every single one, but I'll read a few. Romans chapter 8 verse 38 tells us that principalities cannot keep us from God's love. So you already know right there, you don't have to be intimidated by all these things that go on. There's, no, there, there's a limit to their power. God is sovereign, not these things. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 and 21 tells us that Jesus is enthroned in heaven far above all principalities and powers. You see, Jesus and Satan are not on the same level. Satan is a created being. Jesus Christ is not created by anything. He lives outside of space and time. That right there in itself should just calm any nerves you have about all this stuff going on and rest in the truth and the richness and the realness of who Jesus Christ is and let him be your vindication let him be your strong tower let him be your mighty fortress oh man that's I mean that's that's beautiful you don't have to walk around in fear you don't have to walk around stressed out You see, Ephesians chapter uh, 3, verse 10 and 11 tells us that the church makes known the wisdom of God to principalities and powers. I'll end with these last two as the worship team comes up. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24 tells us that principalities and powers have an end. One day their purpose will be fulfilled and God will no longer let them work. Therefore, God has a purpose in allowing their work. And this, this brings upon those who will allow pride to subside and conviction to set in, help them to recognize the error in their ways, turn from their sinful ways, ask for forgiveness, receive salvation in Jesus Christ, and live a liberated, the liberated life they were supposed to live, how they were created to live. This is a beautiful thing. Our victory, church, is rooted in Jesus Christ. But we must know and be aware of what we're up against so we can withstand the schemes of Satan. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you don't leave us to fend for ourselves. But that, Lord, we can pull from your reservoir. We can pull from your strength that the new man Jesus Christ goes before us and fights every single battle and we can remain victorious. Sure, we may stumble at times. Sure, as any soldier in any battle will get cut, we'll get cut. But you know, we're grateful that you fight on our behalf and that our victory is rested and secured in you. So Father, may you receive all honor, all glory, all love. And may you help us to live that way as well. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.